Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that. I mean, I think we all grew up hearing something like that, but we don't want to do that. I think we can correct them and we want them to to really appreciate the language and to feel that they can speak it. And eventually someday they'll be able to help somebody else with their Spanish. You are listening to episode 25, season four of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast. Are you raising a bilingual child and wondering how to continue to support Spanish once your child enters school? Do you feel scared that your child will lose what they have learned so far? In this episode, Latina Mama 4, virtual Spanish teacher and bilingual educator Fabiola Warner shares with us five tips on how to prevent your child from losing Spanish once they start school and how you can sign up for a free virtual Spanish class for your child. Join us as we talk about different things that you can continue to do at home that encourage Spanish language learning. Plus, we'll talk about how she's raising bilingual kids, her favorite Chilean food to pass down, and I learn what an once is. And it's not a number, así que no te lo pierdas. You're listening to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, where we empower moms raising bilingual kids, talk about growing up Hispanic and tradiciones, and celebrate motherhood. It's time to keep it real, learn tips and tricks from other moms like you, and start creating a legacy your abuela would be proud of. If you're a Latina mom or have a multicultural family like mine, then you're in the right place. I am your host, proud immigrant daughter, rock star wife, and mom to now six-year-old Victoria Grace, Soy yo. mi legacy founder and cafecito lover, Jenny Perez. Hola, hola. ¿Cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez, coming to you from my home office here in New Jersey. I am a Latina mom raising a multilingual Spanish, Bulgarian, and English daughter. She's seven years old. And here at the Latina Mom Legacy, we'd love to empower you with tips and support you through your motherhood journey. Uh, raising bilinguals and uh, celebrate our tradiciones and all the things that made us who we are today growing up latina and all that good stuff if you want to connect with me you can find me at mi legacy spelled m-i-l-e-g-a-s-i or at the latina mom legacy on instagram you can hit me up in the dms and uh, i will respond i promise so I have a few things going on this week uh, celebrating hispanic heritage month so i'll try to keep this short so first, I want to share with you an opportunity uh, for you to have a free ticket for uh, the Raising Hispanic Leaders Summit that is occurring today through October 8th. I have partnered up with Coach Melissa Rosales, and I am one of 40 uh, guest uh, interviews of Latino leaders and change makers. And uh, we're going to be talking everything about raising little Latinos, uh, our tradiciones, the importance of language. And what's great about this summit is that all the speakers, uh, their backgrounds are all different. And they all come from different professions and you know we're all just sharing with what's working and you know our struggles and keeping it real so i can't wait to be a part of this you can find uh your ticket because it's free every day you'll get a link to the different uh, session of the day but you can uh, find your ticket in the show notes so if you scroll down on your phone, you'll click the show, show notes and then you can find the link uh, to the Hispan Raising Hispanic Leaders. If not, you can always visit RaisingHispanicLeaders.com or you can also sign up uh, in my bio link on Instagram. So no te lo pierdas and it's free. Uh, also, I want to share another opportunity if you want to earn a $200 Amazon gift card. Yes, $200. Perfect for Navidad. I have partnered up with a genuine casting company and they are looking for uh, women, Latinas included, of, of all shapes, sizes, abilities, and uh, they want they want to hear from you if you use antiperspirant or deodorant and you are between the ages of 25 and 60, I believe. <laughs> uh, you can take a survey to see if you qualify. You're going to be doing a, a product testing. So if uh, you're up for that and you want to win 200 bucks, hey, <laughs> by all means, you can again sign up in the show links. If not, you can also sign up in my Instagram. So that's that's a great chance for you to win 200 bucks. You can tell your mom, you can tell your sisters you can turn your primas your friends uh, that's uh that's a good uh, extra christmas money there to have 
You also want to stick around for today's show, for the end of today's show, to learn how you can sign your child up for a free Spanish class that we will be doing next Wednesday, October 5th at 5.30 p.m. I know the show, it says 5.15, but it really is 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. And it's going to be a fun uh, Spanish class with my guest today. And uh, Victoria and I are going to be a part of the class. And we're just celebrating uh, our heritage. We're going to be talking about Hispanic heritage and sharing a little bit about our culture and getting the kids. Kids, uh, to have conversation and and it should be a good one so you can sign up for that class also in the show notes or in my bio link in instagram as well oh a lot to say <laughs> so before i tell you about my guest today i have to tell you about our weekend so our weekend was a little crazy victoria had hockey she had a uh, two uh two days back to back of of hockey matches uh she goaltended she she did amazing this this kid is a rock like she was so good the parents were were, were thrilled but i gotta say and i've said this before but i have to say <laughs> because this is where i get like all, all my thoughts out some of these games are super early like some of these games are like seven o'clock in the morning and there's a mom i love her she's 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 great she's such a supporter of the kids and and i love her uh and she's like the cheerleader she's like the team's cheerleader because this is like the second week i'm like how do you know everybody's names already like i don't even know <laughs> I barely know which one is my daughter. I know that she's the one that's goaltending. <laughs> but here we are at like 7 o'clock in the morning. This is on Saturday. We're Here we are at 7 o'clock in the morning. Y esta señora, I don't know how many cups of coffee she has drank, pero ella está los gritos. Ella está los gritos. You know, fulano de tal, go, go, go. Fulano de tal, go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of energy at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's just like, and I don't think, I don't think I was the only one that was feeling that because I was like looking around and she was like, good for her, good for her. But we were just like, whoa, that's like a lot of energy at seven o'clock in the morning. Forget about the coffee. She woke us up. But uh, uh, let me tell you, uh, a hockey parents, uh, I think any sports parents are, are, are a little nuts. One of the previous episodes I talk about if you want to be a, a sports parent, because there's a lot of stuff that you need to know to like be able to like do all the games and all the practices and, and just cope with everything. But uh, but it's a it's a good it's a good community to be a part of. So I just wanted to share that because that was that that was our Saturday. Sundays, Victoria has Bulgarian language school. And we are fortunate enough to live within 30 minutes of this school. And this school is really funded by uh, word of mouth and, and supporters. And uh, again, another great community to be a part of because uh, the parents that take children to these language schools and i'm talking about like these languages where where there's a much smaller community like spanish is second most spoken language here in the u.s i believe it's the third most spoken language in the world so when when you have a, a language like bulgarian i mean these we are very dedicated people that uh that want to raise our children you know to have their heritage language so sunday we had a meeting and i'm the only one that doesn't speak bulgarian of the parents over there so I, you know, they do their best to translate and I'm, I'm on top of my husband, like, what are they saying? What are they saying? So uh, we were, we were gathered around and, you know, they were talking about the fact that maybe next year, they really don't know if the school is going to continue. I was so upset because I was like, well, what can we do? What can we do to help support the school and to, you know, support this community? Yes, it's a smaller community, but, but really it's so important to be able to, to pass down our heritage language and our customs and our culture. And you have to understand that by the third generation, most languages sort of fizzle out. So the people that continue to carry these languages and, and, and not, and it's not just language, really. It's, it's like the trades. It's like the crafts that, you know, Las manualidades, like all these things that our parents or great grandparents did, all of these things. If you don't intentionally go out to pass it down to teach your children, it's going to get lost. It doesn't just happen automatically. No way. It's the same thing with the food. Like, see, if you don't sit down and practice your abuelas tamales and, you know, the recipes, like, 
eso se muere. Like, that doesn't stay alive. So we're, we're, we're gathered together and, um, you know, trying to figure out ways that we can support the school. So, you know, right now we don't know yet, <laughs> but, um, but I will say that they do offer a virtual classes, virtual Bulgarian classes. And if you just so happen to be a Bulgarian that is listening, or maybe your spouse is Bulgarian and you would like your child to learn Bulgarian, hit me up in the DMs and I will hook you up. I will hook you up with, uh, with our school. Just stuff that happened uh, during our weekend. Today, I have a lovely guest. My guest today, Fabiola Warner. She's a Latina mom. She has a radiant smile. Oh my goodness. If you go through her gram, you see her videos. Her, her smile is just contagious. She's a Spanish virtual teacher, educator of many years. She's helped support hundreds of kids and families in their language learning journey. I cannot wait to share this interview with you, así que I won't talk anymore. Here we go. I'll see you soon. Ciao, ciao. I am so happy to have Fabiola Warner on the show. Fabiola, thank you so much for being on. Bienvenida. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Gracias. Fabiola is a lovely, lovely person. She is a Latina mom. Uh, she is a Spanish educator, and she's going to give us some amazing tips today. Uh, but first, let's get to know Fabiola. Let's get to know you a little bit more. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So first of all, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of four kids. I have one daughter and three boys. And I'm from Florida. Well, I live in Florida, but I'm from Chile. <laughs> so, you know, that's always a funny question, right? Where are you from? Yes, it's a loaded <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. So the short version or the long version? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm from Santiago, Chile, and I lived there for 17 years. And then I've lived the rest of the time here in the States. And uh, your husband, you're married? Yeah, I am married. I've been married for almost 16 years. We've been wow. together. 18. And my husband also speaks Spanish. So we're both bilingual. Where is he from? That's another long question. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband was born in Mexico. His parents were mm -hmm. missionaries in Mexico. So he mm -hmm. was born there. And then he grew up in Chile as well. Um, yeah. While his parents were doing ministry work there. And then the rest of the time he's lived here in the States. So you have three boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, they're superheroes. <laughs> How funny. So three it's boys, so one girl. How old are they? So my daughter, she's 13. Mm -hmm. And then my sons, I have one that's 11, almost 12, 10 years old, and a seven-year-old. So let's talk about how you have raised them uh, to be bilingual. They're bilingual. They get a little shy sometimes having to use their Spanish, depending on the situation, unless there's food. That's when all the Spanish comes out. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> La comida rica, esto es delicioso, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, since they were born, we've always spoken to them in Spanish at home. And so we, in our house, we switched languages back and forth all day mm -hmm. long. Mm -hmm. and, and they do that a lot too. Mm -hmm. with certain words there's there's certain words that they prefer to say especially my daughter there are certain words that she prefers to say in Spanish than in English like food <laughs> and absolutely and and I think sometimes you associate certain activities or things that you do with your heritage language because uh, like I always say like I curse and I pray in Espanol <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like if, if I start praying in English, I'm like, no, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't feel right. I have to switch to Espanol. And the same yeah, thing with cursing. Like with cursing, siempre se me salen las palabras and I'm like, <laughs> so just listening. <laughs> so let's talk about all the things that you've done with your children in terms of what's helped you in your bilingual parenting journey. Like what has, what has been some hits and what has been some misses? So some hits would be getting them involved in Latin culture, teaching them about Chilean culture, the food, mm -hmm. the music, the way of speaking. Mm -hmm. um, my daughter can recognize when she he she's hearing somebody from Chile speaking mm. versus from other places. Uh, she's able to pick up on that. And I think that is pretty neat seeing that we live all the way here in the States, you know, and mm -hmm. the, only, the only Chilean Spanish that she really hears is mine at home and my husband's and my mom's too you know so that's been pretty neat that's been a pretty cool thing so one thing so when they were really little they didn't really care much for tv except for mickey mouse clubhouse you know so that was good enough mm -hmm. but then as they started growing older they wanted to watch more shows 
and mm -hmm. it was always in English. And even though, even if I attempted to play it in Spanish, like it just the sound is a little off, and mm -hmm. it doesn't match the the words that they're right. mouthing, you know. And so that was one of their complaints. And so I was like, oh, I want them to enjoy the show they're they're watching. So I put it in English. And mm -hmm. so then, of course, they pick up on more things in English than in Spanish. So it's, it's not a competition, but you have to be so intentional about providing all that input. Mm -hmm. And you have to get creative on how to do it because, okay, so they're interested in this kind of show, but the show is in English. What can I find that is also in Spanish, but it's, it's something that they're so right. interested in? because you want to meet those interests you know and it's a way to bond with them and it helps them grow too when they have things they're interested in and so for example with my daughter she was always really interested in cooking and cookbooks mm -hmm. and things like that so we get cooking books from the library and I tried to get some in Spanish as well for her mm -hmm. to read and then she wanted to know uh, the history of chocolate and so we discovered that chocolate is from Mexico. And mm -hmm. she was like, oh my goodness, that is so cool. Then she wanted to speak more Spanish because of that. And then it kind of just, we got, we got stuck right there for a little bit. Right. And so I'm like, okay, what's happening? What can I do? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then I learned about another cooking lady from Chile mm -hmm. and she does a show. And uh, so we watched that a few times and that helped to bridge the gap there. So, you know. Was there a difference or do you see a difference between how your daughter learns versus how your sons learn the language? Well, with my second child, my first son, I don't remember him speaking a lot of English when he was very little because mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. he spoke mostly Spanish. And then he's actually the one that I'd say speaks Spanish the most right mm -hmm. now, followed closely by my third born. I, well, we try to uh, provide the same type of opportunities for them, you know, the, the same thing, because we're always all together. Mm -hmm. So with my daughter now, I think she's almost 14. So mm -hmm. it, it's changed everything, you know, they're, as a teenager, they just, they're interested in other things, or they, <laughs> they get more shy, or like, do I really have to do this, you know? So they kind of start shying from what they always did mm -hmm. in the language. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, my boys, they're still very eager to just go ahead and try it. And they don't care, you know, but yeah. as a teenager, you worry more about the mistakes you're making. Oh, no, que me va a escuchar, o como lo estoy diciendo, and, right. all this. and so I think when we're raising a bilingual, shaping a bilingual child, you have to take so many different things into account. It's not mm -hmm. just the language. It's not just the culture not just what you're sharing with them, but it's mm -hmm. who they are growing into, how they right. are developing and what their interests are, how they're feeling, what season of life they're in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because just like us as adults, we have, uh, we go through different seasons. They do too. Absolutely. So how do you navigate with her? Like uh, my daughter is only seven. So yes, that's Chiquita. I can't even imagine how she's going to be as a teenager. How do you pivot the language learning in your home to still make it relevant and interesting for her? So for her now, we're like playing a lot more music in Spanish. She likes Carlos Vives. <laughs> oh, so she loves it. I tried introducing uh, Alejandro Sanz and she was like, eh, not sure. She eh. likes the Spanish accent in Spanish because she hears the differences mm. between the, the accents. So that's pretty cool for me that she hears it. But it's just not her cup of tea right now. But she likes Carlos Vives, I guess, because it's more upbeat. Mm. And she likes Mana. One. Have you introduced her to Mana? She likes Mana. <laughs> and she also <laughs> likes, she likes one song by uh, Los Enanitos Verdes. Pero tú viste que él murió? Sí, qué pena. Oh my God, I was like, no I, didn't, vivo, no vivo. I was like, wait, but I didn't know he was that old. I, I was well, like, he was young. He was like 61, 62 when he died. And he was only like two, yeah, three yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> no, he was really young. And when he, I mean, I don't need to laugh. It's like, but I just. <laughs> No, I know. I know what you mean, though. Apparently he had some health issues all of a sudden. And but he, I mean, I thought he was like in his like late 40s, early 50s. Like, I mean, I didn't think he was in his 60s. I was like, wait, what? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, I, I really hope that we able to see the Anita Verdes live at some point. Oh, but my. I've enjoyed their music and I'll continue to enjoy it. And I am so happy my daughter is now liking them, too. That's awesome. I think the are pretty awesome. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Have, uh, have your children been to Chile? 
They haven't. It's not they yet. Aww, you Both have to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard because it, when it's like a big family, you know, it gets it gets very pricey. I mean, we're three of us, and <laughs> it is, it is, it's yeah. very expensive. And but this summer we were so blessed to have my aunt, my grandma's sister, come visit us with uh, one of her granddaughters. So my cousin, oh. they came to visit from Chile for the first time. That my aunt, she is 70, 71. Ay, qué linda. She, she got on the plane for the first time in her life. And she made the whole trip to the States. She made it, you know? Oh, I, mean, I, I love that. Her, I, I love like, that. The subiste al avión. You got here. It was pretty amazing. I'm, I'm still shocked that she was here in my kitchen making food. <laughs> so that's, a- oh, I love that. I love to hear that because I, I have the same thing like with my tias. Like we had one tia come many years ago and she she was not able to travel again mm-hmm. um but i know that we're trying to get one of my aunts to come because now it's a little bit easier you know like if you ask or i guess if they do the visa and all that stuff it's mm-hmm. uh, at least from colombia it's a little bit easier so yeah we're trying to get her uh to come and I, I'm, I, but it's hard to picture them like because you I like my extended tias like I always see them picture them in Colombia like over right. there versus yeah. here so to see them here yeah totally it would be surreal <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so they brought they brought a little bit of chile with them for the kids <laughs> oh yes yes my kids were so amazed to have them here to see mi tia and you know mi tia was so much like my grandma so mijito mi niño El abrazo, el cariñito. No, si venga, venga para acá. And on all those Ay, things, it's just so... And- Isn't it different though? Isn't it like, like when you go, like, I don't know. Like, that's how it was like when I took Victoria. Like, everything was like, mi niña, mi reina, mi tesoro. Que quiere mami, que le preparo. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is like so sweet and so caring. And and here it's like, we're so like dry. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and it's funny because my daughter notices that. Because if I speak to her in English, I'm not being harsh, but it's just, it's just different, you know? It's mm-hmm. just... Oh, what do you want to eat? You know, versus like, oh, que va a querer comer hoy día. Even though I'm going to do the same thing and I'm doing it with the same care, the same love. No, it sounds different. But it sounds different and it sounds different to her too, you know? So she likes to say, so what are we going to comer? That's what I'm <laughs> Oh, it's so exciting. So are we making completos today? And things like that. It's just so cute. I love it. I love it. Um, do you have any specific books, recommendations, shows, or anything that worked for you with your kids or has worked that you would recommend for the moms? There was a book I read a long time ago, um, Bilingual Edge. I thought that was pretty neat, pretty neat book. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really I haven't good. read that one. No? So, okay. definitely we'll add it to the to the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that book was recommended to me by one of my um master's degree teachers, so one of the from the linguistics department. So, mm. it was pretty good. It had some really good tips for the necessity of ensuring that we provide the input and so that the kids do the output. Mm-hmm. So, that was really really good. Uh Fabiola, thank you so much. Thank you. We are back and we are going to have a conversation with Fabi. She's going to give us five tips on how to prevent our children from losing their Espanol once they start school. This is such a great conversation to have. Fabi, tell us a little bit about your background as a teacher and what you do, and then we'll get into the tips. All right. So I studied counseling and I studied education. And then I got my master's degree in TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages. But everything that I've learned from each of those paths can be Mm -hmm. applicable to my journey as a teacher and how I've used all of that with my own kids. Okay, so now I offer classes uh, in Spanish for families that are wanting to continue their education in Spanish while they're still being educated in English. So it's a way for their children to still grow in Spanish but academically and socially by taking classes that are interactive and they're fun for crafting, for math and other subjects. 
So let's talk about what happens when children are speaking Spanish or practice at home and then they start preschool or they start daycare, they start school and they start to lose that. How can we as parents help our children transition? So we can continue to support them by having story time at home, reading books uh, by Latino authors, or even books that are in English, but translated into Spanish, like Charlotte's Web. Most kids mm-hmm. like that one, or um, Trumpet of the Swan and other titles. And reading those books together, where you have a time of sitting and gathering and enjoying a story, but using your Spanish. I love that tip. It's one of uh, my favorite things to do with Victoria. And it's been one of our biggest bonding experiences. That's our thing. You know, she has going to sports, going to see games with her dad. That's what they do together Mm -hmm. one-on-one. But Victoria and I, what we do reading time, we do about now, now because she's older, it's at least 30 minutes to an hour, honestly, because right now we're doing chapter books and the chapter books, they get so meaty, like so good. And as a parent, now that she's a little bit older that you start getting into the chapter books, they're a lot more exciting. (laughs) So the stories are fun for me to read too. So right now we're doing two chapter books. So we'll do one chapter a night in English and one chapter a night in Spanish. We'll try because some, some of the chapter books in Spanish, now they're introducing a lot, a lot of words that are a little bit more difficult. So we have like a dictionary, like I have old school dictionary that I have you know, by the bed. So we, we are always looking up stuff and I'm learning too, because mi gramatica is not like great. And there are a lot of words that I still don't know, like the, the translation to. So I learn as well along the way, but it it's, I love it. I love it. It's become our thing. And for me, it's like, if one tip I can give you, and I've said this before is read, read to your child. Yeah, for sure. They love it. So the next tip that I have is that for writing, you can have your children write cards to family members or letters and go in and mailing them to them if they're in a different country. Or if that's too difficult, because I know how difficult it is sometimes to go out to the post office with all the kiddos and the stroller. (laughs) (laughs) You can also just write notes to each other for Valentine's Mm. Day, for Christmas or any time of the year or for when one of them loses a tooth, you can, each person can write a little note and you can make it in English and in Spanish or just Spanish if you'd like. But to have that, that memory of a handwritten note in mm-hmm. Spanish from the other person, it's going to be so meaningful. We actually went to the post office right before <laughs> we started recording here uh, because her, her primita is, uh, her birthday's coming up. So we were picking out a card and because I live in a a very mixed neighborhood, they have tarjetas in Espanol and her, her prima, her first language is Spanish. Everything is Spanish. So with their daughter, uh, Victoria's cousin, their, uh, her first language was Spanish and it was a little bit difficult for her to pick up the English. It took her for about, about a year to pick up English, but now she's like fully bilingual. So when we were picking out cards, I said, well, do you want to pick out a card in English or do you want to pick a card in Espanol? Because they have a couple for kids. And she said, no, mommy, in Espanol. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So when we got to the car, because I had everything packed, but when we got to the car and I had her write the card, I said, tú le escribes lo que le quieras escribir. Ella le escribió todo en Espanol. Qué bonito. Felicidades. I was like, I'm so proud. She, she wrote everything in Spanish and she's like, she's like, mami, ¿qué te parece? Así me dijo, ¿qué te parece? And I was oh, like, oh goodness. my God. That is fantastic. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's a win. That, yes. That's a win. That, that's a, that's a big win in our home. So I agree a hundred, a hundred percent. Love that. So the next tip is to sing music. And so, mm. So like I was saying before, my daughter is now getting into some of these other bands that my husband and I have listened to in the past. And if she likes it, then my boys like it too. <laughs> so we all win, right? <laughs> yeah. So singing music, singing songs along, that's very, very fun. Like I know that there's there are a lot of like artists, like Latino artists, like Bad Bunny. I'm a big Bad Bunny fan, but like obviously his, his uh, music is, somewhat explicit and obviously my daughter's seven years old so I'm not gonna let her listen to Bad Bunny but 
But are there artists that they want to listen to in Espanol, but you're like, no? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there are some songs that I'm like, oh, we can listen to this. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Skip, 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 skip. <laughs> yeah. Let's just stick to the, the, my daughter right now, she likes the Roberto Un Beso, I think it's what it's called. Roberto Un Beso by, the, by Carlos Vives. Mm. But, yeah, there are some songs that, no, no. And I've been trying to get her to like one of Jarabe de Palo's song, but she's just not into it. So, yeah, I think it's a, whether it's an interest thing, right? Mm -hmm. And what's the other one that we've been trying, we've been introducing? Well, we also try to introduce Christian music in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So like himnos or los coritos that, that we grew up, that I grew up hearing and listening and singing at school. Mm -hmm. So, and I think those are very, a good way to also teach the language and for them to, to grow in, in their Espanol, because some of them are easier in the lyrics and the mm -hmm. grammar, you know, it's just, I think music overall, it's a, it's a really, really good tool to learn a second language. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any, does she like certain music, like in English, like certain artists in English? Yeah. Sean Mendes. <laughs> So maybe finding like an equivalent, like we have to, you have to do a little research, like an equivalent of like Sean Mendes, but in Spanish. Right, right. That, that'll yeah. be good. Yeah, exactly. Music is very big in our home. My, my husband is a musician and we expose our daughter to all types of music. And I'm one that just like una sopa when it comes to music, because I listen to everything from country to heavy metal to Christian music. In general, I just, I'm a fan of music. My first arena concert, I was 13 years old. And my first arena concert was to see Vicente Fernandez. That was like oh, me <laughs> in that. Colombia. I took her to her first arena concert when she was six. <laughs> <laughs> to see uh, Mark Anthony, because that was like the first memory that I want you to have of being blown away by music. <laughs> Tiene que ser en español. <laughs> Exacto, claro. <laughs> And now she like we take her to to all sorts of concerts in English and Spanish and and she loves it. But yeah, it, it's a really is a fun way to to get them to to like it and to enjoy it, especially when it's live. When they see it live, it, it changes it a little bit, too. Oh, it's something else. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, since we're talking about singing music and um, songs, that's also something I do in my classes. I try to include music. Like if we're learning a new sentence or some new vocabulary, I try to make it into a song too, so that my students can also sing along. <laughs> and they love it. They love it. We made a whole song about el helado a few a few weeks ago to learn the flavors, el chocolate, el chocolate, el chocolate. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun because they were coloring and making their craft while still singing along to the song. I thought that was pretty cool. No, it's great. And it's also great repetition because I know that like when when my daughter was young, younger, uh, they were learning like the days of the week in in her, I would say her English school and which is school. And it was like Monday, Tuesday. Da, 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 uh -huh. right? And I found that same song, pero en español, like the same right. song. And I was like, OK, you're learning this in school in English. Mira en español, para que te lo aprendas en español. And so it's like that listening and that repetition. I think that absolutely music and, and songs uh, work really well. For sure. Uh, the next tip that I have is, and just play games. We like to play board games together and play card games. It's a really fun time that we just set all the phones aside, play some music in the background. And just play games. And when we do that, I try to have them. I try to tell them, okay, we're going to use our Spanish now. You know, mm -hmm, they're speaking mm -hmm. Spanish. It's relaxed. It's fun. And, you know, it's just easy and simple. And so for gané or perdí, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. Or te toca, tu turno, sigue jugando, and things like that. It's just really fun. They like it a lot. I love that. We play a lot of games in Espanol, like a lot. We have to make it fun, right? We have to make it fun for them. It has to be enjoyable for them. You want them to look forward to an activity because yes. it's like, ay, Espanol. <laughs> Do <laughs> like, I have to? Yeah. No, don't you, don't, you don't want them to have that reaction. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, board games are, are great. And even for the little ones, I would say like 
you can do like matching in Espanol. Like when Victoria was small, when she was first learning to build, because she's always like stacking and building like simple colores. Dame, dame, dame el rojo. ¿Cuál es el verde? And she, all while she was playing, ¿cuántos hay aquí? Counting. Just a lot of, a lot of reinforcement. And they don't see it as like, we're doing Spanish. They just right. see it as we're playing. Estamos okay. jugando. And that's, I think that the, at the end of the day, that's what you want. You don't want them to feel like they're doing Spanish. That is just part of their life and part of their daily conversation. The next tip that I have here is how to correct mistakes when we're speaking, when we're having a conversation during game time or eating or whatever, because the mistakes are going to happen and mm -hmm. it's okay for them to happen. And they need to feel that it, it is okay if they make a mistake in their second language, mm -hmm. Spanish. And so one way that I suggest for correcting is to just do it in a positive way. And one, one way is to just repeat what they're saying back to them correctly. And they'll mm -hmm. catch on. Either they'll repeat what you said or they'll think about it and then probably use it the next time that they are trying to say the same thing. So um, that way they don't feel like they're being correct. They're like, lo dijiste mal. No, you don't want that. It's You want more of a positive reinforcement and you're going to be okay. We're going to try it. You will learn. And So let's say, for example, my daughter says, yo no sabía. So how would I correct that? Oh, no sabías, or yo no sé, yo tampoco sé. You can repeat it back like that. So it's, yeah, it's giving them that that positive feedback and not not calling it out for being something bad. Right. Like you said, así no se dice. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to do that. I mean, I think we all grew up hearing something like that. And we don't want to do that. I think we can correct them. And we want them to to really appreciate the language and to feel that they can speak it. And eventually, someday, they'll be able to help somebody else with their Spanish. So um, right now, it's a good time to help them out by teaching them in a positive way. So what, it, what is one of the most common mistakes or frustrations that you see uh, with both with children and with parents when they are transitioning from going to from a home that's only in Spanish or that is supported heavily in Spanish to an English-speaking school or just everyday school? Well, there is so much homework that the students have to do once they, the day is over and all the homework is in English. So mm -hmm. the parents, it's, it's a lot easier to just bounce right back to that. Okay, we have to, we're learning phonics, we're learning how to write a sentence and the capital letter and all those things. And so when the parents also starts using that same language, they, they start using Spanish less and less and less because they're having to use the same language that their child is using at school to do the homework. Mm -hmm. And they are learning it because they have to get a good grade at school. So um, I see that as a challenge for sure for the students and for the parents. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And, and speaking from my experience, uh, when she was smaller and she was learning to read Spanish and what I was doing is enforcing or reinforcing what she was learning in school in Spanish. So if she was learning las letras, then we were we would learn las letras en español. And I always tried to carve every night 15 minutes. Like when she was smaller now, we're like I said, we're reading, so it's a little bit longer, but I tried to carve 10 to 15 minutes at night, like before bed. So I've dedicated whether, you know, it was maybe sometimes it was a game, maybe it was a little bit longer, but really just that reinforcement. Now that she's older. Uh, she is getting that reinforcement. It, it is hard because a lot of, they have a lot of homework like now and now she's like starting division, multiplication, like all this stuff that math that que nadie entiende de ahora, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> that I'm learning. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So it is uh, definitely a lot more difficult. Uh, the dual language schools, I wish we were in a district that had the dual language schools because in my opinion, that's one of the best ways for them to, because they're getting not just conversational Spanish, but they're getting a broader spectrum of Spanish in different subjects, math terms, science terms, you know, like stuff that I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what I'm teaching in my classes mm -hmm. with my classes in Spanish. I have students that are only enrolled in, in English school 
and I have all the ones that are in dual language and I have all their homeschool students, but they're all wanting to make sure they're learning Spanish and that they're learning their math in Spanish. So I teach those terms. I teach multiplicación. Mm, eh, and then, I did not know that. Mm. Right. División, sumar, quitar, para la resta, etc. And, and sometimes I do try to support, okay, so we're saying all these words in Espanol, but this is what it means in English, so that they're able to transfer the skills that they're learning in school in English to the Spanish. Because the only difference is that we're doing the same thing, but just in a different language. And so I'm I'm very intentional again about mm -hmm. that in my classes. I try to make sure that I'm equipping my students with the language that they need, not just like, okay, entretenido esto, which is wonderful. I want them to be able to say that, but I also want them to feel competent and confident in their Spanish. And that later on, they'll be able to take even more advanced courses in Spanish. They want to study Historia Latina or I, who knows what they'll do someday, you know? Hey, I gotta ask you, are you trying to raise a bilingual child que habla español, or have you just given up? Do you feel alone or frustrated in this journey? Do you think your child just doesn't want to learn, or you don't have the time? Well, if that sounds like you, then the online course I created, How to Raise a Bilingual Child Practically, is for you. Por fin, a course by a mom for a mom. A course designed with you and your busy lifestyle in mind. One that you can take in the comfort of your home, as early or as late as you want, that will give you practical tools and take you through this bilingual parenting journey. I'm not gonna lie, I get vulnerable and take you down my own journey raising a multilingual child, but I offer you real takeaway tips, show you how to create and implement a plan that works for you, not fulanito or peranito, and offer you the secret to staying committed, consistent, and confident in this journey. Plus, so much more. So are you ready to take this journey with me? You ready to see your child hablar con sus abuelos? Are you ready to hear the words one day, mami, papi, gracias por este regalo del español. Espero que sí. Take advantage of the current Hispanic Heritage Month special where the course is being offered at 50% off. That's going on now through October 15th. Así que no te lo pierdas. Visit milegacy.com and click on courses to enroll today. Ahí te espero. Let's talk a little bit about your classes and what you teach. And I want to know more. So I teach classes in Spanish and I teach classes for learning Spanish. So I'll talk about my in Spanish classes first. So those classes I teach students from three to six right now. I teach mm -hmm. a lot of preschool and kindergarten level classes, mm -hmm. which are essential for what we've been talking about mm -hmm. when kids enter that school age. And then their Spanish kind of starts to back up a little bit. And so we want to provide, I want to provide more opportunities for them to still be learning what they need to learn academically while using their Spanish. So most of my students are completely bilingual or they're learning. They're pretty advanced, but they're learning it still. And so my classes are a fun place to be able to learn and to be able to speak Spanish and to continue using it. So we make a lot of crafts and we also talk about food a lot. <laughs> Everybody likes, likes to talk about oh, food. Yes, they all love the food. <laughs> yeah, we also talk about gatos all the time. And we do we do math we learn the numbers in espanol and just being able to use numbers and counting and answering to word problems in spanish gives them that confidence that they need like mm -hmm. oh i actually understand what they're telling me in espanol i mean i can think and process and come up with the answer and explain why i think this in spanish and so mm -hmm. that is a very very good way in my opinion for my students to continue growing in their spanish skills at a young age where do you do this? What platform do you teach on? I'm currently teaching classes on OutSchool and mm -hmm. all of my Spanish classes are there. And every now and then I teach one outside of OutSchool on my mm -hmm. own. That would be on Zoom and everything so that everything is, is done online. I only do online classes and I find that they work just as well for language learning than in-person classes. I teach on OutSchool. My classes are 25 minutes long each. I find that's plenty of time for younger kids to get the learning time mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. brain breaks in between because they're so important. And then to still have a good time and learn something new. Your classes, are they part of a program? Do you have like a, like if somebody signs up, is it like four weeks, six weeks, or can you do drop-ins as well? They can do drop-ins. They can do weekly, uh, weekly classes. 
I have several students that are have been with me now a whole year, mm-hmm. six months at a time, two years. Most of them come for a good while. Uh, some of them is to reinforce a certain skill. I had one tutoring student for a while, and she only came because she was struggling with counting numbers in Espanol. Mm-hmm. And like the 21 and 32, like how do I put the numbers together? So she could add very well, but she was struggling with her numbers in Espanol. And so we specifically worked on that and she did great. And then she's good to go. You know, I helped her with what she was needing. And then I have other students that come from my math class and they are learning to add. They're learning how to add doubles. And so I make mm-hmm. a song about that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything's music, right? And so I make a song for them to dos más dos tres cuatro, and they love to sing it. And then we also do, I I try to do a game when we do the counting numbers by tens in Espanol. Mm -hmm. So we do a despegue, a blast off. And I actually, you know, we have a little poete that we do in class. So you do one-on-one tutoring as well, or do your classes have multiple students? I do both. I have one-on-one. And mm-hmm. then I have a group. My groups are small, though. I try to have, for my math class, I only have up to four students because I make sure every student gets a chance to talk and to practice the skill that I'm teaching them that week. And oh, then for that. my, yeah, and I call on each of them, too. So I make sure I write <laughs> a, their initial on each uh, exercise that I have for them so that they have that chance to talk. For my crafting class, that one is bigger. I usually have six students, six to eight. I'm okay with that because we're all coloring and it's a little bit more carefree <laughs> right right it's yeah. more relaxed but mm-hmm. I still make sure everybody talks so That's I call good. if we're talking about you know favorite flavor of ice cream everybody gets to talk if we're talking about something different everybody gets to talk if somebody's showing their uh their fruit that they made everybody can show their their fruit that and I want everybody to be able to listen to that person and then to talk back with them same way when I start the class, if we have a group of students, everybody greets each other. And then I try to create that convivencia that, mm-hmm. we, you know, from, from the classrooms and in Chile that we always did. And I find that it works really well in the class. I just want and everybody to feel included, you know. <laughs> I, I will tell you, online learning for us has been what has worked very, very well. Uh, we started doing in-person classes and it just, it wasn't working out as I wanted it to work out. And she was very frustrated and she started to really not like going. It wasn't fun for her. Mm-hmm. You know, like she just did not want to go. And I said, no, this is because I don't want her to not like Spanish. I don't want her. I don't want her to have that association. The Spanish is something that I'm forcing her to do or making her do. So I said, no, then when the pandemic happened and they transitioned to the class online. But what happened was because it was a bigger class, it was a little bit of a hot mess because they covered a lot of information. It's easier when you're in person because you're right there and you can address and call, you know, each student on on the spot, but online, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, So it it really was a little bit of a hot mess because um, the teacher was getting frustrated Mm. and it was just not working out. So we stopped that. And then what I ended up doing was finding a one-on-one tutor that I told her, okay, she's doing very well reading. She's doing, uh, you know, like where I feel confident with her uh, uh, writing skills and her but conversation, that's what she needs. I said, this is what I need you to focus on, on with her. And now she's become like a family friend. Like it's been already almost a year now since we started with the, with Paula, Paula's her, her tutor. And I love her. I love her. Victoria loves her. It's como su amiga. And she's, they've grown so much together and, it works for her. It works that that one-on-one, like the, the online, uh, it really is working for us. And, you know, not, not having to necessarily have to go in person is wonderful because as parents, we're so busy yeah. and that having that interaction really, really uh, has been, has been beneficial and crucial to, to her, to her growth. 
We are so excited to share with you that for Hispanic Heritage Month, Fabi is going to offer a free Spanish class for your child, and we're going to limit it to to a small number. How well, how many uh, is the class going to be? We're going to limit it to four. Oh my goodness, to so four lucky <laughs> four lucky kids. So I'm going to provide a, a link. The first four that sign up will will get the class. If more people sign up, we'll maybe do a second one. Yeah, yeah or sure. we'll repeat it. Uh, so what, so that's going to happen next Wednesday, October 5th, it's going to be free and it's going to happen at 515, 5.15. Yes. Eastern standard time. So it's important if you're on the West coast and you're listening that it, for you, it'll be 2.15. So, uh, and the class is geared for, for kids, what ages? We're doing uh, five to seven. Five to seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kids five to seven are going to be doing the class and what we're going to ask them to do is to share something from their herencia hispana, something from their culture. Uh, they don't have to bring anything. They can just uh, talk about it or something that, uh, but the idea is to really to engage them with other kids, engage in conversation and, you know, perhaps talk a little bit about Hispanic Heritage Month and why it's important. We'll see. Victoria's going to participate. So she she won't be included in the in the fourth, though. Let's say five. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we'll be like, okay. So we'll we'll be sure to be sure to join up and sign up. It's gonna be fun. Fabi's a great teacher, uh, and she's a lot of fun. So for sure, it's gonna be a great time for the kids, and uh, and it's free. It's free. No te cuesta nada, and uh, and why not? Let's get the kids hablando un poquito más de español, verdad? Así es, así es. Más español. <laughs> más español. <laughs> Fabi, eh, where can my listeners connect with you? They can find me on Instagram, uh, bilingual.teacherfabiola. And I also, another way to contact me is through the DM. So please write me. I love getting messages and I'll write back. And then I have a newsletter that they can sign up for and to get a Cancionero Navideño because it's not too early to get all the canciones de Navidad that we want our kids to learn, like El Burrito Sabanero and (laughs) practice the dance, right? (laughs) I love that. And where can they get that? They can get that through my Instagram as well. So I have a tab there in my bio. So oh, your bio link. Okay. My bio link. So okay. Very go good. Go to my bio link and then they'll be able to get it. Awesome. I will include all of the notes, all of the links in the show notes. So if you don't know where the show notes are, click on today's episode. You can scroll down to the bottom and it'll say show notes. And then you can click on that and then you can get all the links to you can get all the links to Instagram and you can get the link to sign up for the class. I forgot to say that. So yes, I will have a link for you to sign up. If for whatever reason you cannot find the show notes in, in the pot, in your podcast platform, then direct message me before October 5th at me legacy, M I L E G A S I C I Copo. As long as we have room, I will add you to the group. Um, so again, if you cannot sign up through the show links, then hit me up in Instagram. I know that's where I, that's where I live. People, some people do Twitter. Some people do TikTok. I do Instagram. So hit me up there. That's at me legacy, M I L E G A S I. Fabi, thank you so much. We're going to do a fast round of questions coming up. (laughs) Muchas gracias. Me encantó estar aquí. We are back and it is a show tradition that here at the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, we ask our guests a fast round of questions. So, Fabi, this is your fast round of questions. Awesome. What is your biggest struggle as a mom? Oh, meal planning. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, what am I going to make? I have, uh, I make lentejas, a Chilean mm-hmm. dish every week. So I know I got that meal covered, but my husband does a lot of the cooking, so I can't complain about it. (laughs) But okay, so I struggle as a mom. Just being consistent, I guess, all the time because we have seasons and so our schedule changes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. being consistent as a parent is a big one. Yeah, Yeah. I can totally relate. And it it changes. It changes so much. So yeah, 100%. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from a mom or your mom? Love and forgive. <laughs> Honestly, no. love and forgive. Love, 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 and be willing to forgive. Finish this sentence. Growing up Latina, I 
Okay, so growing up Latina is something that I miss a lot. Es poder sentarme bajo un parrón. El parrón. Es donde un parrón. El parrón eh, son, son unas tablas de madera que están arriba. Uno se sienta en el patio afuera a comer y hay un parrón. Uh -huh. Están los vines de las uvas. Los mm, vines de las uvas. Ese okay, es okay. el parrón. Oh, ok. Y eso es algo pero que he hecho demasiado de menos porque no, no he encontrado eso acá. Entonces, uh -huh. Latina me, me, ayudó, me ha ayudado a disfrutar las tardes en el patio tomando once con tomatito fresco sentada bajo un parrón. Oh, I love that. ¿Qué es un once? <laughs> Drinking eleven. What is eleven? <laughs> la once son como las cinco, seis de la tarde y uno se sienta con un té y un pancito para comer, para tomar once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, sí. That's como merienda. That's like sí. merienda for us. Yeah. Oh, how funny. I've never heard that. I, I learned so much. I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Okay. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your children and why? So I've definitely passed down lentejas. My kids know exactly what it is. And well, they I eat it every week. So. They do. And they love it. They love it. Especially because lentejas de un día para otro are even better. Just mm -hmm. like my grandma said. And so my daughter just learned to make them, actually. I mean, she's been eating them her whole life. But now she, last time we made them, she made them uh, with my assistant. But she did the whole thing so oh, I definitely want my kids to know how to make lentejas and to cook that at their homes every week <laughs> well or as often <laughs> as they can you know but I hope that they carry that dish that is a very Chilean dish to them with them what Hispanic home remedy do you swear by <laughs> oh my uh El vapor rub. <laughs> Gotta have it. Gotta yes. have it. <laughs> I cannot live without it. I mean, seriously, if it gets a really low, I tell my husband, we gotta buy a new one. I gotta have it. <laughs> oh, that for sure. And also, los calcetines. I mean, if if somebody has a cold, you have to wear socks. My oh, grandma, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, I combine them. I combine them. <laughs> I, put, I put the Vicks uh, on the feet mm -hmm. and then... And then I put I put the socks. Yeah. So yeah, Victoria está acostumbrada. She started school and she got a, a little bit like the sniffles. Uh -huh. And it was funny because she hasn't been sick. She's been like good, but now because she started school, she got sick. And uh, and I put you know I rub vapor rub on her chest and on her back. It's all like a medicine. Medicine. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you know you're doing it right. <laughs> Like you missed that. She's like, oh, it feels so good. I forgot how how, how good it felt. And I was like, oh my god, this is too funny. Yeah, too funny. Growing up, we always had a mentolato. Mentolato. Mm -hmm. and it was a round container, and I remember that smell. Oh my god, to this day. So mentolato para todo, vapor wrap for everything. <laughs> what has been a good piece of financial advice that you feel has empowered you as a Latina? Pinch pennies pinch pennies well my aunt always said it and she served in Peru so that's when she learned it and that's what she taught me <laughs> so you gotta pinch pennies and not only spend what you need to spend on and save for the other things and God will bless you along the way I love that I love that Fabi what do you want your legacy to be well there's always something to be thankful for there is always something to be joyful about as well and number three, that you're not alone. You're never alone in whatever you're going through. Somebody else has already gone through or is going through it. So you just have to reach out, find the right person and keep going. Just keep going, keep going. Mucha perseverancia. You know, fourth grade, I struggled with math actually, fourth mm -hmm. grade. We had three semesters, three semesters at the school. My second semester was really hard for some reason in math. And so my teacher told my grandma that I needed to work a little harder to improve my grade. And so I did with a lot of help, mm -hmm. <laughs> support at home and perseverance. And so that's what she said at the end of the year. Wow, que perseverante, you, you, you made it, you know, you, I actually got a good grade in math. And that's has stuck with me all these years that you gotta be perseverante at what you're doing. Just keep going, keep going. There are challenges, but challenges only help us do things better. 
Pavi, thank you so much for being on on today's show. Once again, where can my listeners connect with you? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram on bilingual that teacher Fabiola. And I also have a Facebook page, it's the bilingual homeschooler. They can find me there. But definitely Instagram. I find Instagram a lot easier. And just send me a message. I'd love to have a new friend. <laughs> there you have it. Bobby, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Gracias. Ciao. Fabiola reminds us of the importance to continue to support our children during transition periods and seasons of change. Every day is not the same, and we have to be willing to adapt and make changes along the way. Reading with our children, writing letters, using music and songs, playing games, and correcting with positivity are all ways that we can support our little bilinguals in a positive and fun way. It's a journey, but the rewards are worth it. I am so happy to be there with you along the way. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Como siempre, mil gracias. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Latina Mom Legacy or at Mi Legacy, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. You can also sign up for La Lista and stay up to date with everything that's going on by simply clicking on the show notes in your podcast platform or visit the latinamomlegacy.com and click on today's episode. You'll also find links to today's recommendations and show special. Finally, want to support this podcast? The best way to show your support is to write a review. Reviews are a way the podcast can get visibility and empower other moms like you to connect, create, and carry on our Latinx heritage. Un beso, un abrazo, y hasta la próxima. Ciao, ciao. What do you want your legacy to be?